So our next couple is the Straub family. So we'd like to welcome Andy and Amy up here, please. We love the Straub family. Uh, some of their kiddos are right up here. And uh, Miss Janelle is front and center, which will be nice because we get to hear it's her testimony as well. Yeah, so, so I'll probably cry at least twice as much. Okay. <laughs> well, we're prepared. <laughs> We've got the Kleenex. Um, just a few things um, about the Straub family. Um, Andy and Amy have been here basically since the conception of this church. Um, Andy is always ready and waiting uh, to serve in any area and to really just help out when he can. And Amy is praying you all in here. Um, you can find her quite often in the prayer room, or I've even seen her at different times literally praying over each chair. Um, they love you guys. They have a heart and passion for you. Um, what I love about them is uh, their children and watching them come in on Sunday mornings as they come down the hallway. They're so excited. They have three girls and two boys. And um, just seeing the love of God on their lives, which is a reflection of their parents. Um, so really, um, I can't say, you know, better things about you guys. And I don't want to take up too much of your time, so I'll turn it over to you now. All right. Good still morning. <laughs> um, our story starts, well, 12 and a half years ago, but um, in the first service, God hit me with something. Just before I started, I wanted to do it again here, is like what happened 12 and a half years ago, just a little bit before that, um, I had really finally myself turned over everything that I had to God. Now, he was tugging on me, tugging on me, and I was running. I had gotten very bitter about church, and I don't like fake people, and I had experienced a lot of fakeness inside church. And so, you know, the enemy had got in, and I hadn't, hadn't been going. And so I, I remember I, we were, we, we, I got to the point where I'm like, God, whatever, whatever's left of this life, you have. And by making that decision, what we went through 12 and a half years ago enabled us to look at it and experience it in a whole different way. So we had, uh, again, 12 and a half years ago, just found out we were pregnant for our second child. And uh, we went into the doctor to get the, the normal ultrasound and find out, hey, what are you having? And um, during the ultrasound, the technician was was acting a little weird and a little strange and wasn't as bubbly or nice as, as most of the time they are. And we found out that we were having a, a second girl. And a couple days later, we find out, a uh, doctor calls and says, you know, the baby doesn't have a lot of fluid. We don't know what's causing it and there's nothing we can do, but we need yeah, to monitor it. You may rupture early, is yeah. what they told me. Yeah. And so um, if anybody... Uh, knows me. Uh, I'm I'm a take the bull by the horns, make it happen. I'm a con little bit of a control freak. I like to protect people that are important to me. And in this scenario, there's nothing I could do. So, other than when I was at church, I um, I was we were in worship, and I just put my hand on Amy's stomach, and I'm just like, God, I can't do anything with this. I can't control this. I need you. I need you. I need you. And uh, I've never had it before or since, and I, I very vividly saw, like, two hands above and beneath um, a, a cradling a baby. And I just felt like God was saying, my hands are above her and beneath her. So from that point, I'm like, all right, God's got her. I'm not going to worry about a thing. And so fast forward just a few weeks. Amy's 22 weeks along. Yeah. And um, well, what were you thinking when, like, 
when we got the news, you're low on fluid, you may rupture, like what was going through your mind? Yeah, at that time it was just kind of like, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I don't really have like strong feelings at that, right at that point, but yeah. But the, the new year, so we found out that news um, and it was the, the new year we decided to just pray it in, first time ever. Usually it was like, it was like party, you know, like party in the new year, woohoo! But this year we drink. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and um, um, so we were, <laughs> we were going to pray it in this year, and so we were with, with a bunch of people, um, and felt fine that whole night. And and we, I had got up to go to the bathroom and um, just noticed blood. So I came back to my seat, and he had noticed right away, like. Kind of, I'm just kind of sit back, like, hmm, that's not normal. In in 22 weeks, you're just a little over halfway through a pregnancy, full term, being 40. So it's kind of like, hmm, something's not right. Right. Yeah, and I remember that very vividly. Um, it was like right after the clock struck, struck 12, she goes off, and I I remember seeing her come out. I'm like, something something's not right. So I asked her. I said. You know, I look at her, I'm like, everything okay? She's like, I'm, I'm, I'm bleeding, and I, I think my water broke. And uh, I, I don't know, it was like I went on autopilot. I don't remember everything. I just remember stopping everybody and saying, we need to get Amy to the hospital. I think her water broke. We need to get her there. And it's weird because the whole time there, like, I wasn't freaking out. I was just like, okay, we need to get her there, and we're, this is going to work out. God says he's got her, and we're not, not going to do anything. So when we got there... Um, there was a, a doctor, and she was trying to get, um, she was using an ultrasound, she was trying to get a picture. Um, and she kept referring to Janelle as it, you know, trying to get a picture of it, and I can't see it. And um, because by medical standards, Janelle wasn't considered a baby yet. Until 23 but, weeks. Yeah. And they wouldn't give me steroid or anything to... Yeah. And so then my sweet, soft-spoken wife says, well, she's not coming tonight, so you better get used to this face because I'm going to be here for a while. <laughs> and, uh, but if you really know her, she's spunky like that yeah. more often than not. If you've been in our prayer rooms, you know she's <laughs> spunky like that. So we, we go up to, it's the fourth floor at Spectrum. I don't, I don't think they call it anything, but it's where everybody that has gone into preterm labor or anything, that's where they sit. So she's there. We get about two weeks in, and um, in her, she goes into labor. And they put her, take her down. They put her in labor and delivery. And I remember Amy saying to the nurse, like, "Okay, well, I'm here now, but you know, I'll, I'll go back up to my room in a little bit." And the nurse says, "Sweetie, this doctor's been here for a long time, and if he tells you you're going to have the baby, you're going to you're going to have the baby." And it's the only time that I ever saw Amy get. Um, you know, you, you know the look, you know the look. And so I just saw her and I'm like, you know what? Just try and try and fall asleep and I'll put on some worship music and, um, and we'll go. Well, during this whole time, I was running a, a large bakery and we went from dual income to zero income. Wow, well, unemployment, so zero income. Um, and uh, because, you know, she wasn't working and we didn't know if, because she carried the medical insurance, we didn't know if this was gonna be even covered. Um, so we had that, that was, that was on our plate. We had this, I, I lose my job, and, and right after I lose my job, um, 
she goes into labor. And, and uh, so th this is happening. And um, I remember I put on that worship music and uh, she's fallen asleep. And I was, I was, I'm on this chair and I said, it's like, God, I just need you so bad right now. And it was like instantly I was, I don't know, I just, I, I guess it's weird, but it's, it's real. I was just like, I was curled up in God's arms and I just had this peace come over me and everything was just like, okay, God, I'm just sitting there marinating in this just peace. And I uh, actually felt a little bit buzzed. Like <laughs> it was really weird. So anyways, I'm there and I'm kind of like I'm, past New Year's. <laughs> yeah, it was that. that <laughs> so yeah, so I'm sitting there and I get this phone call. And I answer, and it's my friend Chris, who's a, a, little, a little crazy, but he's awesome. And uh, I say hello, and he's like, man of God, are you ready for a word? I'm like, yeah, I am. I need something really. And so he, he was telling me about his brother-in-law, Donnie, who I'd met, I think, once or twice. And he said that Donnie was, uh, was praying that morning and that we came to his mind. And he didn't know what any of this meant, but he just knew that he had to call Chris, and Chris had to let me know that he said, I don't know what this means, but, but God told me to let them know that don't worry about the baby. She has all the fluids she needs, and my hands are above her and beneath her. So mm -hmm. after I, 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 was way, I, was, I, was, I lost it, I, I, I almost dropped my phone, and I was like, God, you're, you're awesome. So this gets done. In the meantime, he's watching the contractions. Yeah. slow down and space apart because yep. I'm kind of, I was just kind of in this deep sleep because throughout yeah. this process it's like you're constantly trying to fight what your body is naturally wanting to do feeling the contract you know it's like okay and just trying to breathe and keep peace and being monitored 24 7 you know and throughout this time so yeah know, just a rest in that was yeah so we I, I was watching that and then the, the doctor came back and um he had an assistant with him and he had a portable ultrasound machine. And so he does his deal and he checks her and um, goes, in the, goes in the corner and literally scratches his head and comes back and is like, um, I don't know what happened, but. Would you like to go up to your room? You're not in labor anymore. Um, you're not even dilated. So do you want to go back up to your room? And Jamie's like, yeah. Like now, get me up there. I love that room. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, and speaking of the room, you know, like eight weeks on her bed, on her back, only can get up to go to the bathroom. What is that? What was that like yeah, for and you? We didn't have Facebook back then. So it's like there was no Or smartphones. Right? And so I remember at a point, I'm like, for fun, I was going to count the ceiling, with the holes in the ceiling tiles. Like, I got up to 800 and whatever. Didn't <laughs> you draw at, your room too? I drew my feet sticking up at the end of the bed, every little piece of like, in the room, yeah, just and crossword puzzle kept busy, and just worship music was a big part of that too. Nurses coming in on lunch break, just as I had been there so long, they're like, "Hey, we know you outlived everyone on the floor so far." You know, like you're, you've been here the longest. So, um, yeah, just and hearing all the news, you know, you constantly have to battle. Like, it's just medical; so they have to inform you. And, well, in this percentage of this is going to happen, and you know, you're. Likely, she's gonna be, have mental issues, and you know, and just preparing you, and you go visit the NICU, and see these tiny babies, and like, you know, constant preparing. And it's like, but yeah, okay, God, and even getting to a point, it's like, wow, awesome, we have that spoken over, 
over her, you know, like, God, you, you've got her, okay, what does that mean? And still, like, feeling just so unsure, but getting to the place where it's like, okay, God, even if, even if you take her, it's like, you are still good, and I will still praise your name. And then, finally, that just, like, let it go. Then I'll come back and, like, you know, help moms that are maybe going through that, or, you know, so, yeah. Yeah. And so then even a couple weeks later, actually the the in labor and then labor reverse, this happened two times in the eight weeks that Amy was there. So, you know, God's timing is always perfect. And God knew where Janelle needed to be in order to be able to fight. And she is such a fighter. That spunkiness that kept her alive might get her in trouble now, but (laughs) she's... So anyway, so we we do that. And I, I remember like so I lose my job. I have a one-and-a-half-year-old who I can't hang out with. I have, I'm starting a business because I lost my job. I'm driving by the hospital, and I'm like, I can't visit my wife. I can't spend time with my daughter. It was like this crazy thing, but I still had, I still had peace through it all. And so anyways, we, uh, we get to 30 weeks, and I remember I get home from doing some work, and I, and I get a call, and Amy's like, it's, it's time. Like, they got to take her. The, her heart rate's not good. I'm, I'm bleeding. It's not, it's not stopped. We, we got to take her. So I went down there as fast as I could. By the time I got there, they were already wheeling her away, so I couldn't really say, hey, it's going to be okay. I couldn't do the things that I wanted to do because I'm the guy that can, I want to just, you know. So anyway, she's they wheel her down, and I get down there, and by the time I get down there, they already got her open up, and baby, you know, Jenny's coming out. And uh, mm-hmm. February twenty third, two thousand four, we had our two pound fourteen ounce mm-hmm. little miracle, and she was covered. I mean, in so much clotted blood, she looked black, mm-hmm. and that's what she was living in. She had yeah. added in her stomach, and um, God's hands were literally above her and beneath her that mm-hmm. whole time making sure she was okay. So then she gets, she's born, and I asked the doctor, I'm like, hey, doc, optimistically, what, what percentage would you give her? Because um, right now I'm getting this testimony together. Like, I'm like, I got I to gotta brag about this. God's going to come through. So he said, optimistically, I give her a 50-50 chance. And I'm like, okay. So maybe just a few hours, maybe a day later, I go down to, to visit um, Janelle, and you got to remember too, when they're born that that young and that little, they don't let you touch your baby. They don't let you console your baby. You have she's in an incubator. You can't touch her. She's crying. You can't see it. It's, you can't like it's okay, sweetie. So that connection that you normally have is is harder, you know. And and so, anyways, I, I go down there, and the nurses are like, "Yeah, she's she's just she's trying to breathe in between. She's on two ventilators, and she's trying to breathe in between them." she's trying to fight them and so the nurses are like I know that's discouraging I'm like no not at all I'm like you can't put fight in a baby and I said I'll tell you what if you need to sedate her so she doesn't harm herself you go right ahead but I am encouraged this this little girl's awesome so they do that um we go a couple days was it a couple days later that so she was looking really good and things were progressing and a couple days later I go down there and She's all puffy and gray. And they're like, yeah, she's been getting a transfusion a day. We think she has this thing called autoimmune thrombocytopenia. 
Say it three times. Autoimmune. I don't think you can. No. So, so she, um, they think that's what she has. And basically, in a nutshell, what that is is your your bad blood platelets attack your good blood platelets, and you need to get transfusions. So she was getting a transfusion a day. And, um, but they had to test Amy and I's blood to see if that's what it was. So they did the test. And um, while we're waiting for the test to come back, it starts clearing up. And so the test comes back and they say, yeah, that's what it is. Um, but it doesn't clear up on its own. She shouldn't be doing this good. Um, so another little miracle on top of miracle. And uh, go ahead. Yeah, and cool thing is, like, like he turns to me and asks, asks like, oh, so this is when that happened? I'm just kind of, mm-hmm, yeah. Like, because yeah. just going through it, there was just this kind of peace resting over us, you know, our new job, and, like, just life was just just totally different, you know? Um, and so it was a cool thing out of my sister-in-law, his youngest sister during that time was keeping record of, like, all these little updates for of Janelle for us throughout that time, and I'm like, yeah, when we knew we were going to do this talk, I'm like, yeah, send that to me. And um, so she she sent it to me, and I'm just bawling. And, and I'm like, yeah, I can't read that. <laughs> it won't come out. But just all the little details, you know, you just, you don't, you just forget about it. I'm like, oh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, and, um, and cool thing, throughout that, her making record of that, she was going through infertility and stuff herself and be able to take time and make a record for us, you know, so that was just so special to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then, oh, and when, when, when we asked, the, I asked the doctor again, I'm like, hey, so if she has this autoimmune thing, what, optimistically, what chance would you give us and uh, give her? And she, he said 15%. So, and then during the whole time, they would have nurses and doctors come in and say, you know, she, she could have eye issues, ear issues, learning disabilities. She's definitely going to have lung issues. And so she's born, and she doesn't have ear issues, eye issues, lung issues. The little girl can run around the block 50 times and not get tired. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, all those things that they're saying that they that may happen. Yeah, even the preemie, the, the, when preemies are born, like there's a hole that doesn't that needs to seal up. So even that closed up on its own. Yeah, she was scheduled to have surgery, and then the day before surgery, it sealed up on its own. So yay God again. Um, Yeah, so it's just like all these things happen, and through through the whole thing, it's like I can't, it's, it totally defines that peace that passes understanding, because I look back now, 12 and a half years later, and like, I don't, I don't know how I didn't freak out through that, you know, through losing a job, and, and, losing two jobs and starting a uh, business and, you know, all those things and just relying so much on God. And I, I know that had I not made that choice a couple months prior to all this happening, we would probably have been in a whole different mindset when that happened. Um, so it's just like those nudges that, you know, that those nudges on your spirit, you know, listen to those, you know, take them to heart and be like, okay, God, what is it that you're what is it that you're pulling me towards? You're, and he's always pulling him, you towards him. So anyways, so she gets, she's born. She's uh, eight weeks. She came home. Yeah, she was about the same time as, like, yeah, yeah. another two months. Yeah, so she was in the hospital four, for eight came weeks. Came home four pounds on oxygen still. Yeah. But. Do you want to stand up, Jen? Yes. So everybody can see you? Come on. Yeah, she loves it. it. <laughs> the one shaking her head with the white hair? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so she gets to come home. And 
we're so excited and she's on oxygen. And I just remember one day thinking like she had this thing on her foot that would say, you know, that would alert if her oxygen level went low and she would alert a lot. And she was tugging on this thing in her nose. And I'm like, you know what? God doesn't do half miracles. I'm going to yank that thing out. And I bet you now I left the thing on her foot just in case. This is where we put the disclaimer. Do not try this at home. People. So I yanked the thing. Well, cause when they're on, when they're on oxygen, it actually does break down lung tissue a little bit. And so I yanked the thing out of her nose and her blood oxygen level actually went up. So we, we kept the oxygen for doctor's appointments and we put it in and that way we knew that they wouldn't take her. Like every good parent would. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's what good parents do. Exactly. You know, we don't want to lose them. So, so anyways, and you know, ever since then, I mean, she, I think has been our healthiest child. She does not have learning disabilities. She sees fine. She hears fine. All those kind of things. So it's like, you know, and then through it all, it's like we, we went from all that, uh, the neighbors heard about, and, and it's like, that's the thing is like every testimony is like, it's not always a big thing, but in this big thing, there was so many little things that happened. Like our neighbors heard about what was going on and chipped in. I forget what it was, but I remember I didn't have to buy gas for my business for six months with the gas cards that they gave us. And then I was at a at a, a men's like Bible study on Wednesday afternoon. This guy does it at his business, and they they took up an offering for me after. And they, it, I remember it being a little bit over a month's worth of bills, but with everything else that we had, the daycare that Anna was in wouldn't charge us while we were going through it. Also, we were getting daycare for free. It was like over three months or around three months worth of expense. We didn't have any of that. So like, I just, you know, I, we cried out, God answered, and he just kept answering and answering. And so I said, I say this all the time. I'm like, I love it when somebody tells me they don't believe there's a God because I'm like, you know what? I got a good story for you. And so it's like any story. It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be little. Like your stories and the things that God does in your life, those can be transforming to somebody because you don't know what they're going through. So brag on God. Just like, you know, anybody who has kids, they're especially my boys, they are like, you know, my dad's big or my dad's this or look what my... And like God's like our daddy. And why don't we brag on him when he's doing things that benefit us or things the way that he shows up? I mean, God showed up and showed off like crazy through this whole thing. So how dare I keep that to myself and not tell as many people? And probably anybody who's met me has gotten a small version of this, <laughs> of this story. But yeah, so it's just kind of amazing what, uh, what God did. Yeah. So do you guys have anything uh, that you feel that God is laying on your heart that is kind of the take home from all of this? You got to take home. You're it. <laughs> yeah, but I did it the first service. <laughs> okay, so yeah, I mean, basically, I would just say that that same thing is is uh, when you give everything, give everything. Um, not just a little. God doesn't want a little bit of your heart. He doesn't want a little bit of your commitment. He wants all of you. That means all your language, all, all the words that you choose, the things that you put in your your mind, the things that you listen to. God wants all of that, and we don't realize the things that we covet so much, like the Pharisees were saying, that aren't he- that seem healthy, that aren't healthy, that don't seem like they're harming us, but they are harming us. So I just say, you know, like the Holy Spirit is always speaking if we're listening. So wake up every day and be like, God, I just want to be used by you. I just want to hear your voice and just follow that lead. That's it. Amen. Amen. All right. If we can all give them uh, just some applause and some warm welcome. Thank you.